I'm Pippa and welcome to the third and final episode of Get Your Back Straight, um, a podcast for young people who want to know more about the COVID-19 vaccine and we'll be putting all your questions about the vaccine to our doctor, Dr James. Hi again Pippa, thanks for having me back. As I said before, great opportunity to try and bust some of those myths that seem to be out there at the minute. Ace. So today we're going to be talking about immunity and how effective the COVID-19 vaccine is. So the first question I really wanted to ask was, do we really have to get the vaccine if we've already had COVID? That's a brilliant question, Pippa. It's still encouraging people to try and reduce the chance of themselves catching it, but if they do catch it, what does it mean? And what it means is that they absolutely still should be encouraged to get the vaccine. The the immunity, so the protection that you get from the disease itself, does last for a period of time, but it isn't long. Whereas we know that the immunity that you get from the vaccine is longer lasting, especially when you've had two doses. By having had two doses, you're reducing the chance of spreading it to somebody else. We don't know that that's the case with the naturally occurring immunity. And what we want to do is protect as many people as quickly as we possibly can. So rather than kind of encourage people to get infected, we'd much rather we'd encourage people to get vaccinated um, because we know it lasts longer and it works. So most people under 40 will be given the Pfizer vaccine, is that correct? Yeah, well, Pfizer or Moderna are the two uh, vaccines that, that work in a slightly different way to the AstraZeneca vaccine. So if they're developed in a different way, how does the Pfizer vaccine work? I'm not an expert on this. I don't profess to be an expert. It, it works pretty much in the same way as most other vaccines in that, in, in this case, an inactivated, so essentially a, a bit of the genetic material of the virus. So it's not alive, it can't give you the disease and you can't spread the disease because you've been injected with this inactivated bit of genetics. That gets injected into your arm and your body then spots the abnormal bit and develops antibodies or, or what's referred to as an immune response to that funny looking bit, that bit that's not you. Um, and that bit that's not you is, is a bit of what your listeners have probably heard about in terms of the spike protein which is a bit of the outside of the of the coronavirus itself and because your body can then recognize that that's not you and specifically it's a bit of coronavirus because you've developed these antibodies or this immune response you kind of fight it off but what it does do is it shows us that the vaccine doesn't stop you getting the disease in terms of getting infected because your body fights off the disease and stops you getting sick but what, what the vaccine does do is stops you getting sick because it gets gets it out of your system much quicker. So and and I suppose that comes back to that the point that we keep making I keep making in a different conversations about stopping people getting sick in the first place. So if we can reduce the risk of transmission, if we can reduce the risk of spread, then actually you know the the, the vaccine itself reduces the the risk of spread. It certainly reduces the risk of you getting sick with it um, and ending up in hospital. But all of that together, hopefully, will kind of get rid of this and get us back to normal. Does it stop you getting sick because you've already had part of the vaccine that you then had to fight off so your body's kind of... It knows what it's dealing with? Yeah, broadly, yeah, it it is. Your body spots it as something not normal and has already got some strategies for getting rid of it and so makes it easier next time. Um, and, And that's pretty much in a really simplistic way. And my immunology colleagues, I'm sure, will be shouting at me but in a simplistic way, yeah, I'm just a public health consultant and a GP. I think that, you know, in a really simplistic way, that's kind of how it works. It's the simplistic ways that work with me. Me too. <laughs> um, so how much immunity does the vaccine actually give us? So certainly with the Pfizer vaccine, after two doses, if you take 100 people who've been vaccinated, that 95 of them will be protected. And, and that means that they'll, have, they'll be less likely to get sick if they get the disease. Um, and potentially it also means they're going to be less likely to spread it to somebody else. 
but it still leaves five in 100 who might get sick if they get the disease. I'm afraid no vaccine is 100%, but if we can get enough people who are somewhere between 80 and 95% protected, then actually those 5% are less likely to spread it around, they're less likely to get it in the first place because the disease won't be spreading in the community anyway. Well, that's kind of how vaccines work if we can get enough people vaccinated which is why we're we're pushing for to get as many people to take up the offer as we possibly can so if out of 100 people that have had two vaccines if only five people will potentially get covid again what's the probability of 100 unvaccinated people getting covid oh you asked the difficult questions so that depends on a number of things but the main one being the amount of disease that's out there so if we manage to get the amount of disease down really low then those 100 people are benefiting from the fact that everybody else has been vaccinated and are stopping the disease from bouncing from person to person. We've got to bear in mind that this is a, a disease that we, we talk about kind of wearing face coverings and keeping distance, which is, I think, what most people focus on. But also this, this disease can stick around on hard surfaces, so door handles or door pushes or, or, or flat surfaces in, in, in restaurants or uh, in toilets or at home or in your workplace, which is why you know a lot of the restaurants either weren't able to open or, or are still absolutely rightly carrying out really strict cleaning regimes, so cleaning everything down between patrons, between customers. So it's you know, there's the bit about protecting ourselves and protecting each other by being vaccinated, but there's also the other bits about stopping it spreading as well. So it's a bit of a mixed bag, but in an ideal world, those 100 people who weren't vaccinated, if there were only 100 people who weren't vaccinated, they'd be benefiting from everybody else having received their vaccine reducing that risk of spread around okay um so if we get both vaccines does it last as our lifetime or how long how long does the vaccine last for so i wish i knew and, and i guess that's part of the challenge that we've got we know it lasts a decent length of time but we're having conversations now about boosters so the first dose of your vac of any vaccine kind of generates that immune response those antibodies usually not always but usually Often you get a second dose to kind of just remind your body that that's what we had first time round, so we need to keep fighting it off. Some vaccines need further boosters, and, and that's just to keep reminding your body that you've had an immune response, we've got some antibodies, we need to keep them there so that we can keep fighting this if we can ever come into contact with it again. The time frame, so the time between the first course, what we call a primary course, and a booster... At the moment, I think we're unclear. The plan at the moment is probably to boost people from September onwards. A lot of that's based on evidence, research that's being done pretty much as we speak. So when that research is looked at, they may turn around and say, well, actually, we can probably get, a, we might be able to get away with waiting a year. Or actually, it looks like this might last five years and we might not need to, to boost for another five years, by which point it may not be a, a problem for us anyway. So I guess the answer is the evidence will tell us, the science will, will, will take us through that. Um, at the moment, we're planning for, for boosters from September. The Secretary of State has talked about that in the House of Commons, um, and, and certainly locally, that's absolutely what we're planning for. But in answer to your question, we, we don't know, and we're working on it. I suppose it's still a very new vaccine to be able to determine if it yeah. lasts years or months. Or... Yeah, it, it is, absolutely. And a, a lot of the, the science around the vaccine is, is, as I say, being done while we speak. And so, as I said previously, I kind of reserve the right to change my mind if the evidence changes. Learn as we go. Yeah. So, if the vaccines aren't giving us full immunity, why do we need COVID passports, vaccine passports, if... We've been double jab. So the COVID passports, I think, are, are something that the, the government's talked about and brought in to try to help people move around a bit more freely. And I, and I think my impression is that it, it was probably around helping people to, to move in and out of the country more freely. 
I mean, from my point of view as a public health doctor and as a GP, I'm interested that people have been vaccinated. If there is a need to help people access entertainment, for example, and you know, we've heard about a lot of trials in Europe uh, and in the UK uh, where they've, they've looked at how they can get large groups of people together. If that's how we're going to do it, then I guess that's that's what we need to do to get back to some semblance of normality. But the answer, I mean, from a public health point of view, I'm less worried about uh, about COVID passports. I'm more worried about COVID vaccines. And it seems to be something that the government has come up with as a way of trying to help people move around. I don't really have any clear health answer for it, I'm afraid. Uh, for me, it's about getting as many people vaccinated so that we're, we're reducing the chance of the virus bouncing from unvaccinated person to another unvaccinated person and you know, reducing that risk of spread because that's what we're seeing. Yeah. With my public health hat on, COVID has killed people. And it's killed a lot of people in the last 12, 15 months. Uh, and that's an absolute tragedy, I'm afraid. You know, there, are, there are families out there who've lost loved ones because of COVID. With my public health hat on, poverty kills people. Heart disease kills people. And, and you know, there are a lot of other things that are killing people as well, I'm afraid. And by finding a way to help people get back to work, to keep the economy going so that, that poverty aspect becomes less, hopefully, for, for the people who can, get people back into gyms and, and get people exercising again. If that's what COVID passport's for, then that's not a bad thing. Um, so do you think these COVID passports are actually just a way of pressuring young people to get the vaccine with the, you know, if you don't get the vaccine, you're going to miss out, essentially? I mean, I think a lot of the kind of advertising around the vaccine, especially aimed at young people, is, is around that, around kind of being able to go to festivals next year, being able to taste a, a, a takeaway, for example. And there are lots of different ways of trying to encourage people to take up any offer. And in this case, we're talking about vaccine. I guess it's hooking on the thing that works for that group. So in terms of that kind of COVID passport of young people kind of fear of missing out, I have to say, I fear missing out too, and I'm not that young. So, you know, it's not just about young people, I'm afraid, that kind of fear of missing out thing. But I guess as a public health doctor, I want to get as many people vaccinated as I possibly can, who can be. And there's a small number who can't, but the vast majority can be vaccinated. Would I feel bad and if, if somebody said to me, oh, well, you're just playing on people's insecurities by saying they're not going to be able to go on holiday or they're not going to be able to go to a festival? That kind of feels a bit uncomfortable, if I'm honest. I don't think that's the motivation. It's certainly not my motivation. But I suspect there will be some people who that is a big driver for. They, that, that is absolutely why they will have the vaccine. For me, I'm glad they've had the vaccine because they've done something to protect themselves, to reduce the chance of themselves getting sick and hopefully to reduce the chance of other people getting sick. Why they've done it, I'd like to think, and this is me being really naive, I'd like to think that everybody wants to have the vaccine to protect themselves, to protect everybody else. But I am aware that human beings are, well, human beings. We've all got different things that motivate us. And for some people, that fear of missing out will be what motivates them. But I don't think it was designed as a way of pressurising young or older people into, into having the vaccine. But I think for some people, that will be what drives them on. And that's OK, as long as they have the vaccine. That's amazing. Thank you, James. That's all of our questions. And with that, I just want to thank everyone for joining us for Get Your Vax Straight. Um, yeah. We hope you've really enjoyed this podcast and you found it useful um, getting to learn more about the COVID vaccine, bust some myths as well and get some facts straight, really, yeah. And, and I think that there's a wealth of information out there, but try and go for the trusted stuff. Don't go for the stuff that you just happen to have read on Facebook, unless it's come from a trusted resource, from, from a trusted source. There's loads out there. I know people like to do their own research. 
But if you're doing your own research, do it from the sources that you, you know you can trust. So yeah, but no, thank you for having me. I hope it's been helpful for you. I've really enjoyed having a chat with you. you know, I guess even if it only encourages one person to have a vaccine, that's one person who may not have had it otherwise. So, you know, that'll be a success for me. No, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I've got to learn a lot of stuff as well and come up with a lot of questions I don't think I would have even thought to have asked and now I'm glad I know about. So, yeah, thank you, everyone. I want to thank you so much for joining us and I'd also like just to remind you all that you can get loads of information on the vaccines on the NHS website at nhs.uk and you can also book your vaccination appointments there like for around your area but yeah thank you ever so much for listening